Welcome to another episode of China Update, where I provide you with the most up-to-date political, economic, and geostrategic analysis on the world's number two economy. My name is Tony. Let's jump in. Happy Thursday, everybody. Leaders Biden and Xi have had their meeting. There are still many details and analysis coming out, so we will hold off for now and do a deep dive into the meeting outcomes and implications in tomorrow's video. We will note at this point that several White House officials have indicated that expectations should be managed. Yesterday, Sarah Baran, China director at the National Security Council, told reporters, "Quote: Keep expectations low. Don't expect the administration to do anything different." End quote. First up, as we anticipated in yesterday's video, former Taiwan President Ma Ying-jeou has helped make a deal for a joint ticket with the presidential candidates of the KMT and TPP. Who will be top of the ticket will be determined by polling data over the next several days. As we discussed yesterday, this will make the race against current favorite William Lai. Who is currently VP and who Beijing has already labeled the separatist, much tighter. While the KMT candidate is no Quisling, Beijing has traditionally been more comfortable with a KMT leadership in Taipei. Quote, a successful opposition alliance, no matter who is running as president, means it's likely cross-strait tensions will improve as the opposition has more than a 50% chance of beating the DPP's lie, according to local polls. For China, either Ko or Ho taking the presidential seat will be better than Lai. End quote. So this combined ticket will make the race much more competitive. Quote, While the next two months before the election will be tense, they may now be less tense than if DPP candidate William Lai looked to be a shoo-in. Foxconn founder Terry Goh has qualified to run as an independent in a vanity campaign that is destined to fail, but could have a spoiler effect that helps the DPP. So no one should be surprised if even more pressure is put on Foxconn by the PRC authorities to persuade Goh to get out of the way. Quote. On Tuesday this week, Apple supplier Foxconn did say that it has made contingency plans for any fallout for its China business caused by its founder's presidential run. Asked whether Beijing could pressure Foxconn in order to coerce Go in case he became president, current Foxconn chair Yang Liao told media, quote, "I don't have any crystal ball. Go has the right to make his own decisions. From the management team's point of view, we will have to be prepared for all possible cases." End quote. Next up, and for the rest of today, we look at the economy. We start with the good news, then we turn to the bad. And finally, the ugly. If you're getting some value from today's episode, don't forget to hit the like button. And for anyone who wants to help keep the channel financially sustainable, open and free for all six days a week, Patreon and Buy Me a Coffee links are in the description below. As always, thank you so much, everybody. For the ongoing support. Yesterday, Wednesday, the National Bureau of Statistics published October's economic data. If we ignore the property sector for now, the numbers were mixed but decent on balance. Retail sales and industrial output both grew more than expected at 7.6% and 4.6% year-on-year, respectively. In the first 10 months of this year, industrial output rose 4.1%, while retail sales rose 6.9%. Fixed asset investment was poor, rising just 2.9% during the first 10 months. Growth is slowing. 
but arguably the healthy part of the economy, retail sales and industrial output, is slowing at a more gradual pace than the unhealthy part, fixed asset investment. However, debt is still growing at a concerning pace. That was the good news. Now for the bad news. In what should be no surprise to regular viewers, the new official data shows that the various policy and support measures rolled out in recent months have done little to improve real estate performance. And the slow decline has continued into the so-called golden September silver October period, where traditionally real estate has done very well. The official data published by the National Bureau of Statistics yesterday showed that investment in property development fell 9.3% in the first 10 months of 2023. Economists surveyed by US-based Bloomberg had forecast it stabilizing at a drop of 9.1%. The decline in investment means developers are spending less on buying land use rights and building houses. Construction starts measured by floor area fell 23.2% year-on-year. The total ongoing construction area dropped 7.3%. Of course, this will have a direct effect on local government fiscal conditions. Residential property sales fell 3.7% in January through October compared to the same period in 2022, a steeper fall from the 3.2% decline in the first nine months of this year. Commercial housing sales by area in October declined 28.4% from September. In the first 10 months of this year, commercial housing sales by area dropped 7.8% from the same period a year ago. Chinese financial media outlet the 21st Century Business Herald reports today that national home sales in September and October declined almost 20% year-on-year, pointing out that these two months are normally peak times for home sales. Zhou Hao, chief economist at Guotai Junan International, in Hong Kong, expressed with the numbers, quote, clearly the property sector remains a weak spot for the economy, which requires further support in the foreseeable future, end quote. Then today, Thursday, the National Bureau of Statistics published more data on the property sector, this time on home prices. According to the official data, new home prices in 70 cities declined 0.38% last month from September, when they dropped 0.3%. The decrease was the steepest since the last housing crisis back in February 2015. Prices slid 0.35% in Tier 1 cities, sharply deteriorating from a 0.05% decrease seen in September. Chen Wenjing, Associate Research Director at China Index Holdings, speaking on the numbers, expressed that the housing market rebound from earlier this year, quote, turned out to be short-lived. Home buyers are deterred by squeezed incomes and the uncertain property market outlook. End quote. A Bloomberg intelligence gauge of Chinese property developers fell as much as 1.4% on Thursday morning, extending this year's decline to 43%. That was the bad news. Now we end today's video with the ugly news. In a frankly quite shocking note, Chinese analysts in Shanghai with Japan-based Nomura Holdings Limited warned that the size of unfinished, pre-sold homes in China is about 20 times the size of developer Country Garden, once China's biggest developer by sales, as of the end of 2022. Writing, quote, We estimate that there are about 20 million units of unconstructed and delayed pre-sold homes, end quote. 
adding that approximately half a trillion US dollars is needed to complete these remaining units. The note is deeply sobering to read. Quote, in our view, amid the collapsing property sector and widespread credit fallout among property developers, home buyers might get increasingly impatient while waiting for the delivery of their purchased new homes. At some point next year, the issue of home delivery could turn into a social issue and endanger social stability. And Beijing may eventually need to significantly ramp up policy support. We see this as the key to truly restoring the confidence in the property sector and economy. Assuming 20% volume growth in new home completions for the current year, developers will only manage to deliver 48% of the homes pre-sold between 2015 and 2020, leaving 52% still subject to delays. End quote. In a separate note, Lu Ting, chief China economist at Namora, expressed, quote, The biggest hurdle for a real estate recovery is the large scale of pre-sold but unfinished homes in low-tier cities. We believe Beijing may eventually need to reach into its own pockets with printing money from the People's Bank of China to fill up the vast funding gap and secure the delivery of pre-sold homes. End quote. Beijing is very much between a rock and a hard place, however. Quote, it's true that a steeper downturn in the property sector is worse for China's short-term economic activity. But we should also recognize that the property sector still has a long way to go before it bottoms out. And the steeper the downturn, the quicker the adjustment. The real mistake was not slamming down on the property market in 2021. It was that it kept postponing the adjustment it had been worrying about for nearly a decade. Before then, each time Beijing tried to engineer an end to the property bubble, it quickly backed down. That's why the ultimate adjustment would inevitably be very costly. But while a price adjustment will be painful, with prices still too high and still too much construction, a slow adjustment will ultimately be worse. End quote. While a slow adjustment could ultimately be worse, as the Namora note points out, Beijing's concern is that a rapid adjustment could simply cause too much social disruption. Beijing needs to pick its poison. In the coming months, we will find out which one it goes for. Okay, that is today's episode of China Update. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Have a good Thursday, and I will see you all tomorrow.